Hello, good evening, and welcome to this Stop Press edition of The Game Is About Glory. I'm your host, Steph, and sitting alongside me for this emergency pod are Milo, Gareth and Ricky to discuss the appointment of Nuno Espirito Santo earlier today. Hello, chaps. How are you? Hi, Steph. Evening, Hi, Steph. Yeah. Evening, mate. I should be clear about the fact that we are straying from our usual notes and homework to fly by the seat of our pants tonight, and there's going to be no editing. So what you're going to hear is unscripted, unfiltered, and our pure thoughts on this new appointment and what we can expect from them at the mighty Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, before we get into that, it is uh, certainly pertinent to give you a quick potted history of Nuno's career to date. He's 47 years old. He was born in Sao Tomé. Portuguese Sao Tomé and Principe, which is 150 miles off the west coast of Gabon in West Africa. It gained independence from Portugal in 1975 and Milo spent the better part of the afternoon measuring various distances on his Google Maps, <laughs> which is just brilliant. I love it. Uh, Nuno was a goalkeeper um, and we'll just leave it there. Uh, he was managed by a guy called Jose Mourinho at Porto, who paid €3 million Euros for him in 2002. And he was an unused substitute when Porto won the Champions League final in 2004, which we figure means that he must have got a Champions League winner's medal, which means we have a Champions League winning medal holder as our new manager. After a meeting with the then Porto nightclub owner, <laughs> George Mendes, I'm so sorry. It's just, let me just read that again. After a meeting with the then Porto nightclub owner, George Mendes, <laughs> he became the agent's first client in 1996. Uh, I should tell you, everyone's sort of sniggering, but we're all on mute other than me. So uh, we're all having a giggle at that. He became a coach in 2012, leading Portuguese club Rio Ave to the, both domestic cup finals in 2014. Moved to Valencia in July 2014 and led them to a fourth place finish in his first season. And he was named the Liga Manager of the Month three times but he resigned on 29th of November 2015 uh, he went on to sign a two-year contract with Porto on June 1st 2016 um, and uh, he was sacked following May after taking Porto to second place in the league Nuno then took over at Wolves on May 31st 2017 and it's fair to say this is where his biggest uh, managerial reputation was built he won the championship in his first season seeing Wolves return to the Premier League after a six-year absence um, did some phenomenal work there uh, with them, in all fairness. And 2019-20, Wolves achieved... In 2019-20, Wolves achieved a second consecutive seventh-place finish in the Premier League. Uh, their record points total for them. Uh, they reached the quarterfinals of the UEFA Europa League. And that was the club's best performance since being finalists in 71-72. So it's fair to say he really did... Uh, you know, achieve a tremendous amount for Wolves. He did some good work there. Um, and at the end of the 2021 season, however, after you know, the relationship maybe went a little stale, who knows what happened. It was agreed that Nuno would leave the club. So there we are, chaps. That's the potted history. Let's just get to it. How do you feel about Nuno being our new manager? Ricky, lead us off. Personally, um, I'm good with it, mate. I'm good with it. I think first and foremost, I'm, I've said this before, that, that um, multi-directional triangular relationship between me, my club and my manager, is that's important to me. And Nuno, I'd say, as a human, is top draw. I've always been like impressed with how, how he's spoken and um, how he's carried himself when he's been at Wolves. And I think he deserves respect. Um, but I suppose you ask, is he any good at coaching footballers? Is that what you're going to ask? <laughs> but um, I think he's shown ability at that. So on we go. Let's do it. Gareth? Welcome, Nuno. Uh, oh, look, I, th I think it feels a little bit 
underwhelming, partly because we know he wasn't the first choice and he's had a difficult year at Wolves, which which you've just alluded to there. I, th- I think had we appointed him 12 months ago, it would have felt a little bit different. But look, let's get behind him. He has got enough credit in the bank. He's done some really good things at Wolves. He's, he's definitely taken them to places that they never thought they were going to go to. And if he can, if he can have similar impact at Spurs, then he'll have done a really good job. Milo. Um, similar to Gareth, I think um, a little underwhelmed um, compared to some of the names that we've been linked with. Um, on the positive side, I think he's uh, you know, he's very charismatic. He's very likeable. Um, I think at Wolves, he did a very good job of uh, integrating players into the system quickly, which is going to be an important skill this summer. And he's got a good record with young players as well. I think also, I, I think that... The relationship between the fans and the club um, is quite poisonous at the moment. Um, you know the board, and I think also um, the last two managers have been quite divisive as well. In that the fan base is split uh, down the middle, and through this manager search, um, there's people have been comparing them to either Mourinho or Pochettino, pretty much every name that came up as to whether they were in one camp or other, which is ridiculous, and it's no way for us to progress and I'm really hoping that uh, you know Nuno's a a nice guy he's he is charismatic as I said and I'm hoping that he can draw that poison out and he can restore the relationship between the fans and the club again and make us enjoy watching the team because it hasn't felt like that for a while yeah I mean coming off the back of that um, first and foremost I think it's extremely important that uh, as a fan base uh, and me personally as an individual uh, we move forward we have to Despite the fact the club dangled Pochi's name in front of us uh, this past summer, uh, we have to leave it behind. We have to forget about that. We have to. And equally, you're quite right. We should really try and forget about uh, Mourinho as well. I mean, you know, we have to recognise that he is a unifier. Uh, That's a great positive move. He's probably the only manager we've been linked to uh, who could come in at this late stage of the summer and leave us with a fine chance of making a fist of the opening game of the season. He knows the Premiership back to front. Um, I think a lot of the players will know him by proxy, obviously by having dealt with him in the Premiership, even as uh, you know, opposition players. You know, players talk and players will know. And you know, I'm sure that there's a certain uh, Mr Doherty right now who's probably doing cartwheels in his living room as we speak, which, by the way, is going to be very interesting to see the player that we signed versus the player we ended up getting. I think we might see the player that we signed. Um And I really am looking forward to seeing him unify our squad. That's what I would like to see. And I think that he can. He's got that reputation. He's good with working with the young players. Um, And I'm in in agreement with you there. I I, I really would love to see just the unification angle of this. Um, And it sort of does remind me uh, personally, and I'm going to be very personal for a moment. You know, when I heard that we were taking on a manager from Southampton, I will admit to a certain uh, layer of of, of, uh, ignorance. If I'm blunt, you know, I'm not someone who digs through and analyzes and analyzes. I'd seen what that manager had done with Southampton. I was fairly impressed. I looked okay. But I looked at everything and I, I read a little bit about how he was and I thought, well, let's give this guy a chance. And that guy turned out to be, you know, the only male that I think I would propose to. Um, so, you know, whilst I don't necessarily want to end up proposing to Nuno in four or five years, I feel that he deserves every chance to be the good bloke and unifier that I hope he can be. So, you know, onwards and I'm on board. I will ask you this. Given that a certain nightclub manager's first client (laughs) 
was uh was that what a fact my word uh, credit credit to you for that one uh milo that is an absolute corker should we be concerned that nuno will then be wearing black suits on the sidelines no should we be concerned about uh the mendes connection i mean let's let's throw it down seriously and and let me throw it to you first um so um, should we be concerned um the last manager was very, very close to Mendes and uh, had far more control over transfers than I think the the Nuno will have. And in that time, we only signed one Mendes player you know, permanently. We had a couple on loan, but one player permanently. Um, Paratici is going to be the person who's driving transfer business. In his whole time at Juve, he only signed three, three Mendes players and there's only one there currently. He only left one there. So... Um, I'm sure Mendes will be very keen to do business, but I'm, I'm not sure that um, that's necessarily how it's going to operate. But also we should bear in mind that Mendes has had quite a close relationship with the club for a couple of years now. Um, and, you know, obviously he was instrumental in bringing Mourinho into the club. And sorry, just one final point is, you know, I was, I was looking earlier on today um, at the players that we're being most closely linked with this summer are the ones that, um, that you know, uh, you know, look most likely to happen, and none of those are Mendes players. So, yeah, possibly we'll see a few players in, but I don't think I don't think that's where the bulk of our business is going to be. We're not going to be a repeat of Wolves. I just, I just, just don't think that's realistic or likely to happen. Gareth, no, I, I think the last point Milo made there is absolutely right. It's not going to be a repeat of Wolves because the, the dynamic there was slightly different. So the people who owned Wolves also owned a stake in the in, in Mendes's company. So there are some real natural tie-ins there. I think we're big enough as an entity that we. Have We'll have a range of different sources of players that are coming in. But say, on the other hand, George Mendes owns or his agency represents some very good players there. And if that is going to make the difference between those very good players coming to us or not, then then we've got to see the positives in it. Um, I think that it's important we go back to that comfort zone we were in a few years ago of trying to sign players who were younger, sort of age around 22, 23 years. And he will have plenty of players in that stable that fit into that category who may be more guessable as a result. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think um, you, you always, you always, the kind of aura around these um, super agents, you just got to keep them at arm's length because they're just going to leech money out of you. But um, I think Levy's kind of resisted. I mean, obviously, Levy's still in the picture. He's still the kind of final man at the club that makes, you know, can make decisions. And I think he, he's fended off people like this before. He's always been very protected of us so we wouldn't, you know, get done over by these kind of people. But, you know, Mendes. He's got good contacts as well. I mean, as you say, it's not just players coming in, but we can have a lot of players going out. And if you can place them with clubs, we can we can oil that wheel and and get on with the kind of business that we need to get on with. Because we have, I mean, one thing with the appointment being quite late in the day, we have lost quite a bit of time to maybe do that kind of thing. I know the Euros is probably halting that as well, but we need to get our skates on. So yeah, yeah I mean, I find myself, you know, at a, a crossroads juncture in thought with regards to Mendes. Um, I am concerned. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. I'm extremely concerned. Um, and Milo actually added to that concern by reminding us before we came on tonight that, you know, this is a relationship which hasn't necessarily started this summer. Um, you know, it started with that particular man whispering in Levy's ear that his client could do a better job than the one that we had. And that is a terrifying thought to me. But given the fact that I am trying to move forward with a positive uh, outlook. I'm equally prepared to accept that uh, perhaps it's a load of hogwash and perhaps I am guilty of, you know, following every other paranoid Twitterati's uh, 
trending comment and and fretting over nothing. And perhaps it is going to be minimal uh, slash normal interaction with an agent as every club does. I'm hoping it's that. Uh, That's my great hope. So let me pin myself on hope there. Yeah, I think that's clear enough. I think that is. I think the time to revisit this is at the end of the transfer window. You know, at the moment, it's all speculation. We don't know. And, you know, our first pod in September, that's when we should come back to this and, and look at this again and see see how the window's gone and how much of an influ- influence Mendes has I had. mean, I have to go off. Yeah, I think... I'll, no, go on, Ricky. I was going to say, I think Milo's right there. I mean, but your concerns are valid, Steph. Your concerns are valid. It's not like he doesn't get a certain reputation as well in certain circles for no reason, so... Well, I am going to go off piece here for a second. Uh, I know that it's not uh, something we're going to discuss, but, you know, let me ask you guys, you know... I'm just so hung up on this George Mendes nightclub fact. I just can't get away from it. Would he have run a nightclub that's more Phoenix Knights or Tramps? What sort of nightclub would George Mendes have run? Because that'll tell us an awful lot about the type of man he is, surely. I'm voting for a bit of a Max and Paddy Phoenix Knights, but with but if it was in Marbella. That's what I'm going with. Which isn't Portugal, I understand, oh, wow. but nonetheless. <laughs> no, I see more of a scribes man. <laughs> Which is Terry Venables, Terry Venables is old gaff. Oh, that's a great call, a brilliant call. I, I, you know what? I'm jumping on your bandwagon. Scribes, it is. Any thoughts on it, Milo? Um, yeah, I agree. I think this is um, exactly the kind of thing that Tell would have done: is uh, meet someone in a nightclub and start a business with them. So, yeah, definitely. I have to say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if I'd have voted for any one of us to have nailed the nightclub that George Mendes uh, would have operated, I would not have bet on Gareth being the person who nailed it. 100 percent just goes to show where he spent his uh early to mid 90s doesn't it <laughs> anyway um okay let's get to uh the paratici levy dynamic in this which is very important um you know it was reported that daniel was lukewarm and appointing nuno um obviously you know we've learned tonight that he is our manager uh is this daniel understanding that if you hire a director of football you must give him the power that you have hired him to have or is it Paratici winning his first battle with Levy uh, it is only a two-year deal what do we want to say about any of this and I'm going to go to you first Milo um, I wouldn't read too much into the length of the deal it's quite typical for managers contracts to be relatively short um, it's that's not a lot different I think Mourinho only had so two and a half years so it's not that different to what he received um, yeah, I think it is significant. If if it's true that Levy was lukewarm on this deal and Paratici has talked him round, um, <laughs> I was reading reading his statements um, that the club put out, and it almost f- sounded like he was still trying to talk Levy into the deal and put as part of that. I think it is significant because if we're bringing in a director of football, they need to have control over these things and they need a manager they can work with. So um, I think that's an important victory and a good sign. I've just been having a look through previous managers' contracts when we've signed them, so this might come as a bit of a surprise, Milo, but look, look, Mourinho was given a three-and-a-half-year contract. Poch came in on a five-year deal. Um, Tim Sherwood was an 18 months, but we all know that was just cause that was the only way to get him through to the end of the season. Um, AVB was a three-year deal. I couldn't find the details for Harry Redknapp, but Ramos was three-and-a-half years. Martin Yol was two-and-a-half, but of course he came in um, six weeks into the season after Santini had come in. So I think I've read something into the fact that it was only a only a two-year deal, and I wonder whether that is the compromise that Levy has, has made with Paratici. It's like, OK, well, let's go for him, but let's keep it to a two-year deal because with, um, with, with Levy's track record, he's already thinking about when you put the clauses in there. Do we, can we think of any other managers that have got two years left on their deal? Uh, I, I'm not sure about other clubs. I mean, I, I think my... I would. <laughs> 
I would imagine bloke, that three years is probably one. about the average. He's a bloke in Paris who's, who's sort of nobbing about yeah. dealing with uh, people he doesn't really want to deal with, right? Hey, let me tell you, yeah. my friend, if that is the bridge to per- across Paris to Parisian, uh, if that is the bridge across troubled uh, Channel waters, I am absolutely delighted. That 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 is fantastic. <laughs> Who knows? That's an interesting call. But I think, yeah, I think. I mean, the overarching point is that this early in the relationship between Levy and his new managed director of football is imperative that Paratici got someone that he wanted. I mean, it would just been catastrophic for like for that. For that, I mean, it's the only outcome we would that is a positive outcome, basically. You know, they, they can't, it would, it, you can't have a wedge driven in at this stage. Um, you know, if he's happy with Nuno and Levy, I mean, Levy might have been lukewarm on it, but there's, there's not many things wrong with Nuno. He's got a lot of positives. I mean, other managers that were similar would have unknowns, they'd have pluses and minuses, but Nuno's got a lot of pluses that we've talked about already. So there, there was talk that um, Paratici tried to get him to Juve last summer to replace Sari. So um, it, it appears that his interest in him goes further than just um, just this season or this summer. Yeah, and I mean, look, the bottom line is this. Nobody was impressed with Fonseca until they suddenly talked themselves into being impressed with Fonseca and then Fonseca wasn't hired and then everyone was up in arms about that. I mean, none of us were happy with the thought of Gattuso walking uh, anywhere close to the N17 postcode, quite rightly so. Um, Even Conte, we all know, you know, even though he would have been the ideal manager if you want to win something now, uh, you know, most certainly would have ended in tears. Uh, So essentially, we have to look and say that this is you know, this is okay. This is this is a fairly decent result. Now, I have to go back to the fact again, if I'm not incorrect, pre-season starts on Monday. So, you know, we do have a guy who can come in and can hit the ground running. And you have to say, out of all the candidates we've been linked with, he can make it work because he knows what it takes. So, fair enough. Yeah, and and a lot... We, ha- we haven't got that many players on international duty, so he's got quite a good crowd to work with. So it is good to get him in and run him right from day one, really, on pre-season. So that leads to, you know, let's... Obviously, try and keep this tight. I know we've got to get this one. Um, so let's keep it. This leads to the final question of this emergency pod, which is a very basic one. Uh, given everything, <laughs> how excited are you about the season? Now you know Nuno's going to be leading us in. And Milo has leant forward towards his mic. So you, my friend, are first. Uh, more excited than I was you know, a week or so ago. So I mean, this, is, this, is, this manager search has ground me down a little bit. So I, I was close to accepting anyone who wasn't a complete wanker. So, um, But I... I think there's a lot to like about Nuno. I'm really interested to see what he could do with the team. Um, I I like some elements of his Wolf side, less so others. But uh, you know, he, he gets my backing, and I'm looking forward to seeing you know seeing what he does with the team. And I'll be a lot more excited. I'm a lot more excited about um, what we can do this season with him in charge than we would have done if um, the last manager was getting another season. Yeah, I, I think what he brings is he brings knowledge, first-hand knowledge of the Premier League. So we won't need him to come and get his feel for the league and for the tempo of it. He'll already have a good idea of the players that we've got as well, having seen them firsthand. Of course, one of them that he's, he's worked with for, for a number of years at Wolves as well. Um, so I, I think we can hit the ground running. 
I think it's a good point about there not being as many players on international duty. Certainly, if you can compare back to 2018 when we, we had that ridiculous situation when nine of our players played in the semi-final and then the final and third, fourth playoff game. So we've got that in our favour as well. Um, you've now got to hope that Paratici is doing some work in the background and that him and Nuno will be on the same page with players coming in and I guess more importantly, players going out as well. Yeah, I'm, as I said at the beginning, I'm I'm just happy that he's a he's a nice he's a bloody nice bloke, isn't he, Nuno? So um, you know that's that's a good starting point for me because I'm not going to have any kind of fears when it comes to the media stuff. He's going to represent our club beautifully, and I can buy into that. And I think the players feel that as well, and players that are played for him can feel that. And what his style of football is is quite unclear, but I'm sure. I mean, I don't follow. Wolves intensely but whenever I've watched them sometimes I've been impressed with them I've been excited by them and I think a lot of that might just be reflected of Nuno getting them to buy in and believe in him when you know to believe in your players is great because I think our last manager that was part of his problem he didn't believe in half of them and and we, we need to move on for that so even if he played exactly the same way as Jose did for argument's sake uh, if all the players believe in him are pulling for him and trying their hardest um, the crowd can get behind that and they can respond to that and I just and I don't really think it ends there with Nuno I think he can be he can be adaptive he can change his style and he'll have better players to work with here probably and and he had a great rapport with the fans at Wolves. They loved him. So, yeah, if we can have a bit of that, that would be great. Oh, and I think this is, look, you said, I didn't want a wanker in charge, Milo. And, you know, it does begin there at this point. I think it's vital. I think his personality is a huge selling point. I think our fan base, our supporters would really do well to wear knee pads for a little while and to give this man a chance. You know, we saw some absurd hashtags going out a week or two ago. No to Nuno. It was almost like they saw the no to Catuso and thought, well, if anyone we don't like, we can hashtag it. Rubbish. If you hashtag no to Nuno, you didn't understand what no to Catuso is about. Uh, and, and, and shame on you, actually. You know, uh, really. The guy, as we've outlined for you all, is a decent man. He's got a good record with young players. He's got a good record with unifying club a club he's got a good record of unifying a squad he had a great record of unifying the fan base behind him and those are all things that our club needs right now because whether we like it or not we need to get a sense of reality as to where we're at we're hurting and you know let's just see maybe maybe Nuno is going to be a really great unifying force for us for the coming season uh, and, and maybe beyond that you know, once again, I go back to that man who came in from Southampton that I didn't know an awful lot about and look what happened with him. And I'm not going to hold him to that standard, but if we can at least get some stability and joy and togetherness, uh, it's going to be a successful appointment. And that actually, I think, depends very much on you who are listening and all of us. We must not negatively react based on things we don't really know. Let's be positive. Let's try and move forward with this. And let's understand that given the circumstances, it probably is the best appointment we could have had in this, you know, increasingly tight window to the beginning of the season. Um, That's it, guys. I think, I think we're all off uh, with our uh, black suits down to scribes for a bit of a knees up, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And thanks uh, again. uh, You know, it's really great that we could get together and, uh, and have uh, this, this emergency pod. I mean, I hope that I didn't hog the monologue there at the end. I mean, I trust that we're all in somewhat agreement with that. Am I right? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. 100%. Brilliant. All right. Well, that's good. So that's all of us speaking. So thanks lads. Uh, We'll all get back to our lives now. And, uh, (laughs) 
Very good. See you later. See you later. <laughs> Cheers. Take care, Steph. Cheers, mate. Uh, that's all from me. As I say, I'm going to be off down Scribes now to meet them. They all took off already, actually. Uh, so um, I don't know how many much. I don't know how much more mileage I'm going to get out of that Scribes joke. So I'll stop there. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a follow. Say hello. You know we're going to be back on Sunday. You know we're going to be back throughout the summer. We haven't gone anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We're getting bigger and stronger and faster and better, like Tottenham Hotspur will under Nuno. So just make sure you join us. Normal service will be resumed this weekend. Until then, see you later. Bye-bye.